Thank the Lord for his goodness to us, the children of men. Here we are before him in his presence this morning. And I do believe that Christ has been magnified already this morning, and I believe that he's going to continue to be magnified in our midst and in each one of our lives. As we were here last Sunday, I was, I don't know, I don't think I really got over last Sunday all week, which is a good thing. Um, Just being in his presence and celebrating his goodness and celebrating communion and seeing what Jesus' blood has done and is doing in my heart and in each one of our hearts and lives. Um, To see the openness, to see healing flow, to see honesty, um, it was powerful. Thank you, each one of you, for who were here and who entered in. And, you know, in order for us to enter into that level, we have to lose ourselves. And so I trust this morning that we can continue to walk in that. Um, yesterday, well, I mean, last Sunday, sometime, I don't know, sometime throughout the morning, um, I felt like God downloaded something into my heart, and I was, wow, and I put my marker right here in my Bible, and I was like, wow, yes, thank you, Lord. And then Sunday evening, I think, um, we were at DK's, and he said, hey, I need someone to preach next Sunday, and and I I heard him say that, but I knew I had a busy week, and I was just like, man, that can't happen. Um in my mind, in my human reasoning. And then I think Monday maybe it was he texted me and I, I, I said, I'll, I'll ponder it or something like that. And then I don't know when, but I was busy and then he texted me back and said, how's the pondering going? And <clears throat> anyway, um, basically God just kept laying this on my heart and it's something that is familiar, but I believe that it's something that in... All that God has been doing in our midst and in all of God's goodness and that being revealed to us, I think it's important that we don't lose sight of what we're going to talk about today as well. And so it is my heart's prayer that God could flow and we could just be in that throne room with the Lord this morning. If I give this a title this morning, it would just be A Vision of the Lord. And my prayer this morning is that as we sit in that throne room, there would be no opportunity for condemnation, which is from the enemy. But I'm all about the Holy Spirit's conviction. And for me in my own life, the biggest difference and the biggest way that I can tell the difference is when condemnation comes or when the accuser speaks to me, 
my mind is everywhere and I cannot figure out which way is up or what I'm supposed to do. And that's of the enemy. But when the Holy Spirit convicts me, he says, this is the step you need to take. Yes. And there's something I can do. There's an action point. And so my prayer this morning is that the Holy Spirit would be here and convict us wherever he wants to do that. But then he would give us that step that we want, that he wants us to take. An action point. Something that we, we don't have to go home the same. We don't have to go home in confusion saying, man, but I thought I really, you know, I'm pretty good. I've been growing in that area. That's our human reasoning. And I believe that God wants to break through our human reasoning, break through our intellect, and just allow his word to our heart and just allow the Holy Spirit to show us who we are. So this morning we are going to look um, some familiar passages um, from, we'll start out in Isaiah 6, and I asked them to just put it up. Um, I'll probably jump around a little bit, but if it's there, you'll see that um, it's, it's coming from Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Um, the first, let's see, six words, seven, talks about, um, of, of, of chapter 6, verse 1, it talks about King Uzziah. And I wasn't very familiar with King Uzziah, but I felt like as I looked at King Uzziah and I realized um, what he did in his life, I felt like God had something to say to us living in 2021 in all the craziness that we live in with the politics, with the virus, with all of these things. Um, So it starts out in the year that King Uzziah died. And then we go on to what Isaiah saw, this vision. But the year that King Uzziah died, King Uzziah, just a little background so that we kind of get a a picture of what was going on with Isaiah in this chapter here. Um, Uzziah had been king for 52 years. He had began, he began to reign when he was only 16 years old. And he was one of the kings of Judah that was a good king. He sought the Lord for many, many years and did many amazing things. He helped Judah become more productive. He built new uh, aqueducts. He helped the agricultural, um, change the agriculture up the way they were doing it. And they had more produce, more um, production for their crops. It was a significant time, these 52 years, that King Uzziah was on the throne in Judah. Um, They conquered Philistine cities that had never been taken before. They expanded Judah's borders. It was a good time, a prosperous time, a lot of amazing things going on when King Uzziah was king of Judah for these 52 years. He made made in Judah for there to be 300,000 armed soldiers ready to fight. Um, He even helped invent some new kind of weaponries. Um, if you look in history, it talks about they had some kind of, I don't know if it was a bow and arrow, but some kind of arrow shooter that was like a semi-automatic arrow shooter. So it was kind of like next level, you know, it's like we have the big guns, we have the, we, we got the semi-automatic arrow shooters. And I can only imagine how that helped them conquer people who had had inferior weaponry. So there was a lot of things, amazing things that happened, um, in King Uzziah's 52 years of reign. Economically, 
Judah prospered more than they ever had, except maybe in like back in Solomon's day, like in that time. This was a very uh, special time. And King Uzziah led the people in revival in many ways when he became king. Um, unfortunately, uh, let me. Let, the the other thing that he did is this this land they conquered all the way down some territory all the way down into the land of Egypt and all the way up to the river Euphrates. Unfortunately, Uzziah, as many times happens with us as humans, when he saw all these great things that he had done and how amazing he was as king of Judah, um, the Bible says that his heart was lifted up. And I think we know the story, most likely, how he offered incense and God struck him with leprosy. And the Bible says that he was a leper living in his private quarters or living in his own house until the day of his death. So the very last, I don't know how many years, but the last few years of King Uzziah's life and reign were a totally different thing than all the rest of the years. But that's the backdrop to this chapter. It just gives a few words there, but King Uzziah, all this good stuff that was happening and Maybe we'll get back to some of that as we go along. But I just want that to be the backdrop. I think that many times, um, as we live in a real world with real problems and real situations, we can become entangled with the cares of this life and the things of this world, whether good or bad. King Uzziah did a lot of good things, and people was like, yay, man, King Uzziah, he is it. I mean, he's on the throne. This is amazing. And so maybe some of us have had similar thoughts in the last years Good or bad, negative, positive, with, we don't have kings, but presidents or governors or people who rise and fall um, on the political spectrum, maybe economics, ups and downs, all of those things. I mean, well, look at this. This is great. But then our heart this morning, my prayer is that our heart could focus in this morning because it's not about whether who is president. It's not about um, necessarily these things that we see on this earth, earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars. It's about the king. And so in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Why don't we stand up while we read these words? Now I'm going to reread what I just read. This is Isaiah speaking. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, and with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. Thank you. You may be seated. So a picture, a vision that Isaiah saw. In the year that King Uzziah died, he saw this vision. 
he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. And this morning, that same Lord is sitting upon his throne this morning. And so it doesn't matter what's going on around us. Yes, it matters, but it doesn't really matter. We can pray into things. We can do our part in that spectrum of governors and politics. But what really matters is that the Lord is on the throne. And I believe after 52 years of amazing prosperity in Israel, Isaiah, or I say Israel, Judah to be specific, they were very afraid of what was going to happen in the year that King Uzziah died. Because it had been a good time, and now Uzziah had died, and there was nobody on the throne of Judah. But the vision came to Isaiah saying, this vision came of the Lord sitting on his throne. And so these earthly thrones, yes, they exist, but the Lord is on his throne. And that is the most important thing in all the world. For us to have that vision of the Lord being on his throne. He's high and he's lifted up. Can you see him this morning? And the train of his robe filled the temple. I don't know, but the the thing that I picture with a train to a robe is... My cousin's wedding one day when I was a little kid and she had a really long train, but it didn't even fill that chapel at all. It was only, I don't know, I don't know, six, eight feet long. Here says the train of the Lord's robe filled the temple. I can't even picture that, but that's, it just gives us a picture of how big and how powerful and how amazing this is. Above him stood the seraphims. So we see these seraphims. And I am not going to even try to depict exactly how all this looked. But I pray that the Holy Spirit can just reveal in our minds this morning a picture of what this looked like. I looked at several pictures of people trying to depict this. And I don't know. I think that's all they were. They were, they were trying to depict something that was way beyond what our human minds can even wrap around so these seraphims were there with six wings two they covered their faces two they covered their feet and with two they flew and you just see a beautiful picture of how powerful how majestic how awesome this throne room is this throne where the lord is sitting is these angels these heavenly beings They were even covering their faces because of the awesomeness in that place. They covered their feet. Somebody, uh, a commentator said that that was their their most humble, humble part of their body. They covered their feet. And then with two, they flew and they were ready to do the bidding of the King of Kings, the great I am, the Lord of glory. 
Verse 3 says, And one called to another, one of these seraphims called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. We might think that it's a little strange to repeat yourself three times, but if you look at in the scriptures, um, in Hebrew, I guess that was very, very common. It basically added emphasis. And if there is anybody who needs some emphasis or some focus brought to who his character is, it would be the Lord. You know, if I'm talking about um, a hamburger that's really, really good, I might say it's really, really good. But when we're talking about the holiness of God, I believe Isaiah could not help pen these words. And in this vision, this seraphim said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Can you see him this morning? Can you see our God in his holiness this morning? It's so easy for us to go about our life and to, yes, focus on our God and, yes, want to live for him. But so often we kind of make unto ourselves a God that is a little better than us or a little more holy than maybe we think we are. But this morning, my prayer is that through this time together, the Holy Spirit could just show us the holiness of God and give us a fresh revelation of God's holiness. You know, there's many times when we allow people to be exalted in our lives above what is good or what is healthy. And at times, those people may be through failure, or maybe they just move on, and that image of that person kind of comes tumbling down, and we realize how desperately we need the Lord. I'm grateful for brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm thankful for Restoration Church and what God is doing in every one of you. But this morning, I need the Lord. This morning, when I see the holiness of God... I feel undone. Let's go on. Verse 4 says, The foundations of the threshold shook. I don't know if you've ever been in in an earthquake. Um, I've not been in anything that was very serious. Once or twice, I remember that was kind of weird. And then we heard maybe there was a little tremor. This wasn't just a little tremor. The foundations of the door, the thresholds trembled. Shook at the voice of him who called. And this, 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 the voice that was calling was this seraphim, one of these heavenly beings. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, and I say, this is Isaiah saying, but I also say this morning, woe is me. 
Isaiah saw his need as he was in the presence of the Lord. Not only did he see his need, but he was honest with what he saw while he was in the presence of the Holy, Holy, Holy One. He didn't just try to reform himself or wash his mouth out with soap. He just admitted that he was who he was. He was open. He was he was open. He was transparent before the Lord. He said, "Woe is me, for I'm undone." I'm not sure what I thought that word "woe" meant, but I think I've been used to meaning, you know, a lot of times people say to to horses, "Woe," like stop. But this "woe" is a very strong word, and it's spelled differently. But it means it's like a it's a like a Stomach wrenching word. It's like I'm totally falling apart. I'm totally undone, as Isaiah says, because of this holy, holy, holy one that I'm in the presence of. You know, when we compare ourselves among ourselves, which the Bible says is not wise. But when we do that, many times we can kind of feel a little better about ourselves. And I confess that there's many times where I have been guilty of that. I look at somebody else and I see something that God has done in my life. And they say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Oh, you're good. And I try to turn it to praise. But the truth is, before God... I'm undone. When we see his holiness, when we see his purity, when we see his perfection, we are undone. These verses that Isaiah says undone, he was coming apart. Basically, he was almost dead when he saw the holiness of God. Many other places in scripture we see that when people saw a vision of the Lord, they fell at their face. They fell on their face. Uh, There's one prophet, he says he fell at his face almost like he was dead. When God revealed Isaiah's sinfulness to him, he didn't have any excuses He just had a real heart cry for mercy. And that's how it should work for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter if our sin seems like one of those little ones. Or if it's one that's like, whoa, we know it's there and we we hope that no one else sees it. When we see a vision of the Lord and when we see his holiness, we don't have any excuses We don't have any of our own righteousness to try to prop ourselves up with. Only undoneness before the Lord. I'm so thankful this morning that as we see his holiness, as we see how undone we are, if we are willing to confess with specificity what is in our hearts, What does God see? You know, Isaiah here, we'll go on. Isaiah says, woe is me, 
for I am lost. King James says, I'm undone. He says, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So he was, he was honest. He saw his need, and he didn't try to dodge it. He didn't try to say, well, I'm the prophet Isaiah. I, I, I mean, I've just been saying your words, Lord. Look at these last five chapters of what Isaiah said. That, you know, I think that would have been my thought. Well, I just said all these good words, and you've told me, and I said these words. He just, you know what? I'm a man of unclean lips. He was honest. And my heart's prayer this morning is that we could be honest as we see the holiness of God. What is it that the Holy Spirit pokes into our heart this morning as we stand in a throne room before the great I am, before the Lord, the King of glory? What is it that the Lord tells us? For Isaiah, it was his lips. What attitudes this morning does the Holy Spirit poke in to our hearts and say, I'm holy. Look at this. It needs to go. What thoughts does the Holy Spirit poke in to our hearts and say, I'm holy. That needs to go. What actions, what impurity, what sin this morning as we see a vision of God's goodness. Does the Holy Spirit come and say, that needs to go. I'm holy. And that sin cannot be in my presence. This morning it doesn't have to look pretty. doesn't have to be a pretty package wrapped up with strings. It just needs to be real. As we stand in the presence of the holy, holy, holy. I think many times as Christians we can get the cart before the horse. And we want to go out and do something for God. We want to go out and change the world. But we're not honest the way Isaiah was with our own sin, with our own needs, with our own impurity. And I know God is cleansing, and I know there's been a ton of honesty, and I, bet, I know there's been a ton of times where many here have been shook in the last year and I'm thankful for that I know I have been shook different times but I felt myself once again this week just being shook by the holiness of God and I desire to not Act like I just have it all together and not act like 
like I have it all together in my own home. I have needs. And I know that God is doing his work. And he is so faithful. I'm so thankful. Familiar verses that we know. If I can find them. In 1 John, it talks about, I'll just read the first, 1 John 1, starting verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, cleanses you, cleanses me from all sin. But if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that there is a way for us to be cleansed. So when we have a vision and we come into that place before the Holy, Holy, Holy One this morning, what do we see? In what way are we undone? In what way am I undone? Just one, one simple thing. That last Sunday when we were standing in the Holy of Holies last last week, I felt free as I was taking communion. I felt just, wow, it was so good. But as I was there, boom, all of a sudden, The Holy Spirit convicted me and said, you know, you get frustrated with your children. You get frustrated with your boys. And that is a a poor image of who I am. So what can we do? We can be honest and we can confess. And that's what I did. And healing comes and freedom comes when we're honest, when we lie not to ourselves. You know, sometimes we can lie to each other in a church and be like, yeah, man, I had a good week. Yeah, God is so good. But before the Holy of Holies, before the Lord, we can't when we truly see a vision of who he is. There's a a verse in 2 Timothy that talks about, let everyone that names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And I trust that that is the journey. That is what each one of us is on. That journey of departing, continually departing from iniquity. And I believe this morning, as we stand before God or fall to our face, whatever it might be, in this place, before this throne, God wants to reveal something else to us about who we are. 
something about our attitudes, something about our sin, something about ourself. Maybe it's something that we thought we had dealt with. Or maybe it's something that we've tried so hard to overcome and we're just like, not again. I was sure that I'd that I'm done with that. I never wanted to have to face this sin again in my life. But for me, there's times when I try to deceive myself or I say, well, you know, I'm not like I used to be in this. So I'm I'm doing better. Wow. Thank you, Lord. But when we are standing in the Holy of Holies, all of a sudden we say, I'm undone and I need you, Lord Jesus. I'm so thankful that Isaiah didn't just stay undone. And this morning... I want us to be as undone as we need to be, but I also want to extend that hope. And here in Isaiah, we see that one of the seraphims flew to Isaiah, having in his hand a burning coal that had been taken from the tongs from the altar of sacrifice. And he touched Isaiah's mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips and your guilt." Is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I am so thankful this morning for the blood of Jesus, for Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was sacrificed. And I believe this is a beautiful picture of that. They took this coal and put it to Isaiah's lips. He put that coal on those lips that Isaiah had just said. Are unclean. And this seraphim said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. And this morning, as we are honest and as we are real before the Holy, Holy, Holy One, we can find atonement. We can find forgiveness. And that's so exciting to me. And I'm so thankful for that fact this morning. I'm so thankful for the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. That we don't have to just go with our sin. But as the Holy Spirit reveals it, we can just come and find freedom. The Lord is a spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. Hallelujah. My prayer this morning is that today could just be another day of us being transformed, being changed, being change from one glory to another, from one degree to another degree. Later in Isaiah, we see another beautiful picture. Isaiah says in Isaiah 66, heaven, he says that the Lord says, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things, says the Lord, my hand has made. And so all of these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. 
He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. What is it that the Holy Spirit pushed into your heart this morning? What sin, what iniquity, what attitudes? As you see the Lord this morning, we can be honest. We can be real. There was a beggar that came to Jesus and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And this beggar was blind. I always thought it was a little bit interesting. You see a guy staggering and groping and maybe he had a stick. I don't know how he was going. Jesus saw he was blind. But Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And this blind beggar said to the Lord that I might receive my sight. So this morning, my, my encouragement to us is just be real. Just tell the Lord what you want him to do for you this morning. Just be humble before him. Because when we're open, he already knows it. But when we're real, that's when he can come and say, I'm going to do that for you. Receive your sight. Be healed. Find your freedom find your as it it talked about here with isaiah find your atonement your sin is atoned for let's pray Lord Jesus, we come before you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for not leaving us in sin. Thank you for drawing us to yourself. And Holy Spirit, I just pray this morning that you would flood our hearts That you would flood this atmosphere, Lord, with your glory, that we could see your holiness in a fresh new way today, and that we would be changed as we're honest with who you are as we're honest with your holiness and as we're honest with our own undoneness Father thank you for being in our midst Father we don't want emotions but we want to meet with you